think I can take my mask off, show who I really am up front. Pastor James asked me yesterday, he said, where are you from? I guess after talking to me for a while, he wondered, where are you from? And I said, I don't know where I'm from, actually. I was born in Columbus, Georgia. You might pick up on that. And uh, I lived in Georgia 18 years of my life. Kentucky, 18 years. North Carolina, 18 years. Nine years, eight years in Alabama. Three years in Tennessee, and putting it all together, 12 years in Ohio. So you tell me where I'm from. I've come to the conclusion I'm a pilgrim. <laughs> Just traveling through, going wherever God calls me to go and to be whatever he wants me to be. Appreciate the music this morning, especially the emphasis on the subject of prayer. And the Bible is so full of it that actually we'll never have success unless we draw from the resources of heaven. J. Hudson Taylor, that great missionary to China, established the China Inland Mission, said God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. And I believe that. And if we study the scriptures closely and follow what the commands are, we'll always have an adequate supply of God's grace and God's truth and God's love in our hearts. It says in Second Peter, and this is not a part of my message, I thought of several messages while I was sitting there with these good songs we've had. But the scripture says there in first chapter of Second Peter, his divine power has given us everything we need for life, to live a godly life through the knowledge of Jesus Christ who gave himself for, for us, who has called us. And through his exceeding great promises, we partake of the divine nature of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're here this morning doing. We're partakers of the divine nature of Jesus Christ. And I pray that he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out his manna upon us and feed us this morning from his nature and from his word. My scripture reading this morning is found in, uh, well, several places actually, but I want to focus in on one verse of scripture, Psalms 90, verse 10. The length of our days is 70, or 80 if you have the strength. Now, after 70 years of age, if anybody here is that old, like I am, every day you have is a bonus gift from God. That's the span of man's life, is 70 years. Not so much so in these evil days in which we're living, in which people are contacting all kinds of diseases and are dying with all kind of different ailments. But 70 years is the average as far as man's lifespan is concerned. In Proverbs chapter 3, and this is my scripture this morning, Proverbs chapter 3, it says this, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for it will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them upon the tablet of your heart 
and then you will find favor and a good name in the sight of God and, and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Health to your body. God's commands, keeping them in our heart, living them out through the power and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ has definitely an effect upon our health and our lifestyle. Then we find over in chapter 4, if you just turn a couple of pages, if you have your Bible this morning, we read this. It says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Get the connection? The obedience to the commands of Jesus Christ as we live it out through the power of the Holy Spirit has definite effect upon our physical life. If you'll turn over a few more pages to chapter 9, a couple verses there I'd like to read. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through me, those, but through me your days will be many, and your years will be added to your life. How many of us would like to have healthy years added to our life? And we should thank God this morning that we have the wonderful privilege of being healthy, enough to be here to worship together and to share God's love and grace uh, as well. We've lived now going on four years in Bucyrus, Ohio. We attend Bucyrus Church of the Nazarene. And uh, I decided after three years, I'd better go find me a family doctor. And I hadn't had a family doctor in several years. And I'm embarrassed to talk about how long that has been. So my wife got ill since we've been the last few months. And she found a doctor uh, by the name of Amanda Kovalin. And uh, they wanted me to come in and get registered and signed up and do the paperwork and, and have her as part of my family doctor. I had to say, first of all, I was very apprehensive because I've never had a lady doctor before. And maybe some of you have never had a lady doctor before either. And uh, she's, besides that, she's about my daughter's age. She's in her middle 40s. A good doctor. We like her very well. And uh, so I went to the office and got uh, signed in, had my paperwork done earlier, actually, and uh, went and sat in my waiting room, examining room. Y'all pardon me, I've been fighting allergies this whole week. And uh, she came in, and I wonder what kind of examination she's going to give me. And... Uh, uh, she sat down at a computer beside me and she started asking all kinds of questions and putting all the information in. I thought to myself, I never had a computerized examination before. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I'm learning. And she was very thorough. And uh, she, as she came to the end of that, she said, 
what did you come in here for? I mean, I'm not on any medication, never have been on any medication. Everything was normal. And uh, I was kind of a little set back on that because they'd already called for me to come in a couple months earlier to get signed up. I looked at her and said, I came in to check you out. <laughs> I didn't mean that in a way of flirtation, but uh, I did. I wanted to check out to who my family doctor was all about. And uh, so that, as I came down to the close of that examination, I said, can I ask you a couple questions? Maybe I'd like to have your input on this. It says in the scripture, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Then I gave the other scripture, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I said, what do you think of that, doctor? She's kind of stared at me behind her mask, piercing eyes. And she says, surely that would help. And uh, so I was soon dismissed and went to the window to, you know, check out and see how much money I owed and if any appointments needed to be for the future. And she went down the hall and she said, she said, Larry, I hope you don't come back for a good long time. And I had to weigh that out. And, and, and I looked in there and there was five ladies working at their desk. Every one of them would smile as, as wide as could be when they looked at me. And I thought, that's strange. Why are they all looking at me? Is, that, is there something strange looking about me? And I said, how much do I owe? And the lady looked at me. She said, you don't owe anything. And I thought, wow, that's strange. And then I got thinking about that. You know, they, they, they had a, a, a microphone in that office, in that examining room. They heard, heard every word that was said. And every one of them was grinning from ear to ear. You know, I got thinking about that. Well, maybe they've never had anybody come in and give the doctor a prescription. But I gave her one that morning. And it was a way of witnessing as well. So that's my prescription this morning for all of us. And uh, it sure does help to keep God's commands in our heart and life. In thinking about this message, I reflected on three godly men I know that God gave them a long expand of life. You, most of you are all familiar with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. There's never been a greater team of workers that, that worked for Billy Graham than Cliff Barrows, George Beverly Shea, and Billy Graham himself. Godly men, men who had clean living and lived holy lives and were humble men of God, Cliff Barrows lived to be 93 years of age. Billy Graham lived to be 99 years of age. And George Beverly Shea lived to be 104. You put those averages together and it comes out 98.6. 98.6. And I got thinking, yes. If we keep God's commands in our heart and in our life, and if we live clean and godly and a holy life and don't pick up too many bad habits along the way, certainly it will extend our lifestyle. And I realize not all illustrations stand on all four legs because people do get sick and die at different ages. But on a normal, on a normal level, it is 70 years and 80 if we have the strength. I think of George Beverly Shea when he was 23 years of age. His father was a pastor of the Westland 
Methodist Church in Canada. His mother would go about the house and leave poems for her son to pick up and read, hoping it would help him spiritually. One Sunday morning, he went and sat down at the piano, and there sat a poem. And he started looking it over, and he said, I'll, I'll set music to that poem. And the name of that poem was written by Rhea Miller. And as he sat there, and he did this every Sunday morning because he had the special solo for Sunday morning in his dad's church. So he put the music that Sunday morning, went to church and sung it, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain. I'd rather have Jesus more than anything the world can afford today. I'd rather have Jesus than anything. George Bevelichet lived 34 years past lifespan. God blessed him. And I've seen, I've seen uh, him have interviews with Bill Gaither. He always had a smile. He always had a glow on his face because he had the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit. Cliff Barrows, we know, led the great crusades in, as far as choir and singing was concerned. And they'd sing, they'd sing songs like, How Great Thou Art, Blessed Assurance, It Is Well With My Soul. He lived 23 years past man's lifespan. I tell you, loving God surely does help. Evangelist Billy Graham preached to more people in the 20th and 21st century than anybody in history. They said he was a very humble man. He could have been proud. He could have been arrogant with his success, but he was always humble all the way up to the end of his life. He lived 29 years past man's lifespan. Loving Jesus with all of our heart and his great commands. What is his great command? Love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and with all your strength. And let the compassion of the love of Jesus Christ flow through you so you can love others as Jesus would have you to love others. Proverbs chapter 4, it says, if we keep God's commands in our heart and in our life, it will bring health to the whole body. It says for us to guard our hearts because it is the wellspring of life. And really, Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 6. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, that the peace of God that transcends all understanding will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Peace of God really does help. When I was wrestling with going into the ministry as a 17-year-old, boy in a boarding school in Kentucky, a Christian boarding school. God had called me when I was in a missionary service on the platform. I knelt down by the chair. We sung that song, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be what you want me to be. 
the peace of God came and flooded my soul. And that very day I knew that God had called me into his ministry. And wherever he wants me to go, I'll go. And I've already lived in six different states. I hope I'm here for retirement at, at this point. Nevertheless, these are difficult days in which we're living, as the young lady has already shared with us. I believe that this global epidemic is evil. I believe that it has cast shadows of darkness around our world, and I believe it's come right out of the pit of hell. I believe that Satan knows his time is short, and we are moving toward the end times before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we have experienced that around our globe in these last months. Hundreds of thousands of people have died from, from this terrible COVID disease. People have lost jobs. The thief has caused them to lose their jobs. Businesses, businesses have closed up. Suicide has been at a high rate. Satan comes to kill. There have been so many hindrances, yes, in our family relationships, in our church relationship. Satan would like to close up every one of our churches. And in time, he will when he sits in Jerusalem halfway through the tribulation and begins to rule the world where God pours out his wrath upon mankind. Not to mention all the deaths that's taken place in our nursing homes where our dear people there have suffered from loneliness and have been vulnerable for this terrible disease. The good news is that Jesus has come to give us the gift of eternal life. That's the wonderful truth this morning. We have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You know the main message of the church, the main message of, of, the, of the gospel, the main message of the Bible is that you may know that you have the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A.W. Tozer said the purpose of the Bible, it's very simple, three things is the purpose of the word of God. First of all, it is to bring people to salvation, to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The second thing is to make them holy. And the third thing is to equip them for heaven. That's pretty simple, but that pretty well covers the Great Commission, what God has called us to do. We must put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not some of it. Don't, don't departmentalize your heart. Your whole heart. Christ comes to sit upon the throne of our heart and sets up his rulership. It says in Colossians chapter 3, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives. That means Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The divine trinity in Christ lives. And he says, You have fullness. You have fullness in Christ Jesus, who is head over ever power and over ever authority. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus is, is head this morning. All dominion and rulership, all authority, all the power is under his feet. And more important than that, he's head of his church. God appointed him to be head of his church, and he provides everything that the church needs through the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has called us 
to be filled with the fullness of Christ, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the love of Christ. Yes, it will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So what must we do? We must come to Jesus. He must be our first love. He must have first place in our life. We're the bride of Christ. Can you imagine not loving the bridegroom who is going to come to take us out of this world? Should he not be our first love? Should he not have first place in our life? Jesus said, come to me, all you are weary and burdened down and heavy with all kinds of needs. He says, come to me, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle, humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. And my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Why be so stressed out with, with the things of this world today when we can be yoked up with Jesus and connected with him? Psalm 63 says it so beautifully. Our choir director, Keith Showalter, he's had, to sing, had us singing a song after every choir practice. It goes something like this. Oh God, you're my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Because of your love, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied with the riches of food. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I will sing in the shadows of your wing. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Think this morning, we are in the right hand of God. The totality of our whole life is in the right hand of God. Fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You realize this morning, God has created us for, his, for himself. The whole Christian life is totalized in Jesus Christ and his indwelling presence within our life. That's why Paul could say, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet it's not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's why we need to come to Jesus. We have, don't sing this song much anymore, but it's one of my favorites. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, he kindly will help me. He ever loves me and cares for his own. I must tell Jesus, for I am yoked up with him. He says what? He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. May we let Jesus bear our burdens with us. He'll make them so much easier for us. Paul says, my friends, do not lose heart. Though outwardly you are wasting away, God doesn't heal aging. Aging is something we deal with. 70 years, 80 or more, depending upon how healthy we are. But Paul says that we're, the good news is we're renewed day by day. 
on the inside. We're renewed. So our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us is really light compared of what we're going to experience in the future. So we fix our eyes, not what is, on, what is seen. Everything around you this morning is temporary. It's not going to be here in the future. But there's one thing that's not temporary. That is the unseen, which is eternal. So we fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. What does Jesus mean to you this morning in your life? I think of a young lady that went off to finishing school. She had wealthy parents. And a finishing school is where they send fashionable ladies to study science and art and language and dancing. And if they're gifted in music and play instruments, to go out and be a society person. This girl went off to school. But one evening, she attended a revival service with one of her friends. And she was so convicted by God in that revival service that she went forward and she gave her heart to Jesus and she committed herself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and she felt like God was calling her to missionary service. She was so excited about it. She had become a new creation in Christ Jesus. She wrote home, tell her father all about it. Her father went into a rage he called her and he says, you come home immediately. And when she got home, he opened the door and he lit in on her with great anger. He said, I did not send you off to school to get religion. He said, that is for poor people and half-wits. That's not you. And as they went out into the kitchen, he stayed, just kept at her. He says, I tell you what. He says, by tomorrow morning, if you do not change your mind about this notion of religion. You can pack your bags and get out of this house and never come back. Well, she went to her room. We sung about being on our knees this morning. She got down on her knees before God and she prayed and she fought it out with God. Giving up the love of a fashion school which she had looked forward to for so long and choosing whether to follow God's call for her life. The next morning, she got up and she packed her suitcase. She came into the front room of the house and she set the suitcase down by the door. She went over to the piano and sat down and she began to sing that song as she played the piano. I, my cross, have taken all to leave and follow thee. Destitute, despised, forsaken, thou from hence my all shall be. Perish every fond ambition. All I sought and hoped to be and known is all now, Lord Jesus, surrendered to you and to the heaven of the future. She stood up from the piano with tears streaming down her face and she headed for the door. But before she got to the door, her father stepped out from behind a curtain, which he had listened to her sing and play, and he was moved upon with deep conviction. And he said, wait, wait. He said, I didn't realize that, that, Jesus, that Jesus Christ meant so much to you, that you would be willing to give up your 
mother and your father and your home and prestige to follow this Jesus. If he means that much to you in your heart, there must be something to this thing of religion. He said, would you come over here and sit down and tell me how to become a Christian? That's the way the power of God works. We take our stand to do what is right. We follow the commands of Jesus Christ and allow the peace of God to rule in our life. Jesus' peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Often I go to that song I love so very much in my devotional time. I come to the cross seeking mercy and grace. I come to the cross where he died in my place. Out of my weakness and into your strength, humbly, I come to the cross. Your arms are open. You call me by name. You welcome this child that was lost. You paid the price for my guilt and shame. Jesus, I come. Jesus, I come. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Praise God this morning. Jesus makes all the difference in the world. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What does that mean? It means his way is my way. It means his truth, absolute truth, is my truth. It means his life is my life. Jesus says, I've come to give you life, to give it full and abundant. We have the glorious, blessed hope this morning. The scripture makes it so, so clear. While we wait for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself to redeem us from all wickedness, wickedness and to purify unto himself a people that are very, his very own, eager to do what is good. Do you think Jesus is worth it all? Is Jesus your all in all? Is he the Alpha and Omega of your life? He can be if you let him to be. The altar's always open if anybody wants to come and pray. I just gave you what the Lord gave me. Father, we thank you. We thank you this morning for your faithfulness to us. As the scripture says, we praise you for your goodness, your love endures forever, and your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. We thank you, Lord, that you've been faithful to us. Help us to heed your scripture. You say that we are the temples of the living God. You have anointed us. You've placed your seal of ownership upon us. You've put your Holy Spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come in the future. Thank you this morning. We have this glorious hope, this blessed hope, this purifying hope, this overflowing hope. As the scripture said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask all this in your name this morning. Keep us safe. Keep us healthy. And help us to be obedient to you. And may you be our first love. For Lord, we know you're coming soon. Things seem to be lining up. 
like Jerusalem now, the capital of Israel, the Arab countries, several of lining up, getting ready for the rule of the Antichrist in the future. Oh, God, help us, help us to be alert. Help us to be sound-minded. Help us to be awake. Help us to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Give us wisdom and understanding that we may have the full knowledge of God's will so we can live a life worthy of you. We can please you in every way. We can bear fruit unto every good work as we continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To God we say be all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.